Welcome to Gospel Central, where we help ministry-minded Christians think through Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection. We're here to discuss how this gospel is the very heart of the Christian faith and how it empowers all of ministry and life. Today, I'm your host, Simon, and it's my joy to be interviewing Ruta Kimura, who is a friend of mine and the church planter of Double O Cross Church in Tokyo. Ruta and his wife, Patty, planted that church about eight years ago. And it's been a great joy to have known him just about all of that time and to see the work that God's done in his own heart and life uh, and through that church in Tokyo. It's been my privilege to preach there um, before and visit on at least one other occasion too. And because Ruta is part of our Resound family of churches, I get to do a monthly call with him, uh, with all of the other Resound brothers, and to hear how things are going and to encourage each other in the gospel. Ruta has a fascinating story about how he came to faith, but also how then God has used him in ministry and helped him over the last number of years in particular to really come to appreciate uh, the centrality of the gospel in ministry. And so I wanted to talk to him a little bit about his life, his faith, and his journey, and where he is today. So I trust that you enjoy this conversation. Ruta, uh, you've been a friend for a number of years. I met you through City to City probably seven, eight, nine years ago, somewhere around there. Yes, he was in New York, I guess. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember. Uh, that's right, New York City with the City to City gathering. And uh, I remember hearing your story then. And I don't want to tell all our listeners about that because uh, that's why we are having you on today. So we can hear a little bit about your journey, your story, uh, how you yeah. came to faith and what God's done in you. So, uh, yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, how you came to faith very briefly. I know that it's a, a wonderful story and you could probably take the whole podcast to do that. But tell us a bit about that and then we can talk about church. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Japan, Tokyo, and, uh, you know, typical Japanese kid, um, love manga, anime, you know, all these things. I was very Japanese, no English. I could speak any English until wow. 18. Uh, wow. English was my worst subject in my school. But then um, uh, at 18 years old, uh, I uh, went to England to study English. That was my, even my mom's wish so that I will have an open-mindedness. Wow. But somehow my mom chose uh, a Christian English language school. That's um, amazing. Uh, and I was basically surrounded by all Christians uh, and I was... Non, only non-Christian in that uh, school. So already God had a kind of plan. <laughs> uh, if I look back, I was basically imprisoned almost uh, surrounded by all these Christians. And even it was a uh, language school was attached by, uh, uh, attached to a Bible college. Um, so I was constantly talking with a Bible college, college student about faith, but I've been refusing. I think I, I had, I, I was refusing for two years, even then, from 18 to 20 years old. But finally, um, through the death of my best friend there, he was from Switzerland, he committed suicide. And that event really made me think about my own life, uh, uh, existence of God, all these things. And then all the things that I could remember was the, the things that I was uh, um, I had been learning from all this, uh, my Christian friends about God. And I started reading Ecclesiastes. Really? Um, Damien's wife was in the uh, school uh, in the same class. She was the one that gave me a book, Utako, uh, gave me a book, uh, uh, and that was a Bible. 
at the first page that I opened the Bible was Ecclesiastes and it looked good. It was shortest book, one of the shortest <laughs> book in the Bible, right? And it sounded cool in Japanese because it sounds like a, a wisdom of a, a master or, okay. you know, like a ninja scroll or something like that. So I thought, oh, this sounds cool. So I started reading through it, but I got really depressed because, it's, you know, it says life is meaningless. And uh, but I guess I missed the main point in the end. It says life is life is meaningless without God. So find your creator while you are young, right? That's the whole message. Right. Uh, so yeah, um, my friend pointed pointed that part out to me, and uh, then I started reading the gospels. And after that, I basically said, okay, I want to really try. I want to try this path. So that's how I started my journey uh, of towards yeah christianity and uh, in the same year i got baptized that was i was think I, I was 20 years old yeah that is a really incredible story your mother sent you to learn english uh and you had no exposure to english and you ended up being sent to a christian bible college um, to do that it's incredible <laughs> how god uh, works in our lives and here you are all those years later and you're pastoring um in japan so that's really amazing. Tell us a little bit about what happened then. Um, you know, at what point did you come back to Japan and how did you yeah. end up getting involved in ministry? So I, right after that, I went, I joined the uh, mission organization called Operation Mobilization okay. uh, for one year. I uh, worked with them, uh, learned uh, really more practical maybe uh, things about Christianity, evangelizing, discipling, all these things. And uh, after one year with them, uh, I left a um, mission organization and joined the same Bible college. <laughs> uh, so went back to the same place in England, you know, where the uh, Lang school was. There I met again Damian Utako and other guys. Um, uh, studied for three years um, in the co uh, Bible college. Then worked as a, a pastor uh, in a church um, close to a place called Bristol. Yes. Uh, with my best friends who actually participated in my salvation process wow. uh, as a youth pastor. Um, yeah, we really enjoyed it. But uh, after two years, I think um, my visa ran out. Although I was going to be ordained in a charismatic church there and everything, but it just didn't work out. So uh, by the time I was dating my wife uh, <laughs> from Switzerland and only option was to kind of move to um, Switzerland. Um, and somehow I didn't want to go back to Japan there because I still wasn't sure about my calling. I was kind okay. of refusing, you know, it's almost like a, a Jonah running away from his call. Okay. Uh, I just didn't want to go back because Japan always seemed a very hard place to, you know, live as a Christian. So I moved to Switzerland, uh, started with, uh, live with my wife's parents um because they invited me to live with them and learn german so i ended up staying uh in switzerland for three years learning german studying uh, involved in the church there and in that uh, meanwhile i got married in switzerland uh then after that again i lost the job <laughs> in switzerland and of course with a little poor german that i had i could not find a proper job um then finally decided to move to Japan with my wife and I had a one-year-old girl 
at that time. And that was 2003, I moved back to Japan. Wow. Yeah, uh, and, and shall I share? Back, yeah, yeah. When, you, uh, when you moved back to Japan, what were you hoping to do? Uh, you'd obviously been involved in ministry for quite a while at that point. So were you hoping to be involved um, in church planting or some kind of ministry there? Yeah, so I really wanted to work with a, a church that really focused on next generation, um, you know, um, and because I was from kind of charismatic uh, Pentecostal background, I wanted to find a church that kind of really you see, but vibrant and really have, have a vision. Okay. Uh, so uh, I joined the church, uh, was a part of um, Hillsong uh, movement. Uh, okay. It wasn't a Hillsong church, but a part of Hillsong Network or Movement Church. Uh, just okay. planted a, one, a year ago before a year ago before we arrived back in Japan. And was that in Tokyo uh, itself? Yeah, I was in Tokyo, uh, really center of Tokyo, and I started work for them a year later, uh, 2004. I started work for them as a, a associate past associate pastor, and. Yeah, so that was a really uh, exciting moment uh, and time of my life. I really uh, worked hard for the church. Church really started growing. Uh, Ten years later, a church is about 1,500. Wow. Um, Which so it was really fast growing. In Japan, it's quite, quite, yeah. And that's uh, remarkable. Yeah, it's quite remarkable and different. So it was quite well-known church because it had an unusual growth speed. Um yeah. Wow. So how many years were you there for? I was there from 2003 to 2012. So almost nine years okay. I was working for the church. And while you were working uh, for the church, what would you say were some of the main things you learned, I guess, about doing ministry in Japan? I guess, you know, all your ministry experience before then had been outside of Japan. This was your first experience back. And in some sense, it was a very unusual experience given what that church was like, how fast it was growing. Yeah, so uh, that church was an uh, international church, a uh, bilingual church, and my responsibility was to look after all the Japanese people, which was basically 80% of the congregation Wow. Uh, in the church was Japanese. Um, so my job was to uh, retain the visitors, uh, whoever visited, um, and a follow-up. Uh, my other responsibility was create a structure to retain people. Uh, I put, it, put the people into community groups, um, look after them, disciple them. Um, yeah, so basically operating everything that was going on in, 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 in that church. That sounds, uh, later like, on, that sounds like a pretty big job. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a big job. And I quite enjoyed it because my, the job that I had before uh, working for that church was uh, quality management in a, in a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company. Okay. And it was quite a similar thing to manage structure, uh, uh, process, uh, and all the things. So, yeah, I really enjoyed. And later on, the, the, the same church started spread, and they started to do the church planting in the different cities in Japan. Um, okay. So it, they ended up planting like a 10 different uh, churches in 10 different cities. And wow. that, my job was to look after all these churches throughout Japan, uh, coach them, uh, advise them, uh, and train the basically pastors uh, in that church planting process. Although I never did my uh, that church planting, uh, it was yeah. So really, kind of 
learned the basis of what I do now already in that time. That's amazing. Wow. So what happened in 2012 and how did you get to where you are today? So although it was exciting, fast growing, um, really focused on vision and discipling uh, environment, uh, because I think often charismatic churches can be only focused on maybe to, uh, to the result, on the result or yes. uh, things, making things happen and um, program, right? Uh, so with that focus, I experienced that our, the often preachings becomes more based on motivational, how to move people, how to make people committed okay. more and more. Um, preaching tend to focus more on the real leadership uh, rather than the truth of God and worshiping God. So it's more like a lifting people up rather than lifting God up. Okay. So, so in that environment, I was the, probably the biggest performer, <laughs> biggest, um, I would say, Pharisee that uh, I could bring result because I was leading all the, these things and motivating people. Uh, so in that culture and, 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 and thinking, you know, church ended up being really, yeah, performance oriented. So that if you are, as long as you are performing, you are okay. You get to stay. You get to stay in a leadership. Okay. Uh, and, and you get to have an influence. But as soon as you fail, bringing in the performance, or as soon as you don't fit into the church vision and the culture, you slowly basically started being pushed away. So that was basically happening in my life. I was high performer. But slowly, I was not maybe fitting into church vision anymore. Uh, there's a number of reasons, uh, uh, I, I guess. Um, one sense, I can say that I was becoming much more prideful. Okay. Um, also, my wife being a, a different, you know, non-Japanese, she was more uh, strong with uh, her opinion, voicing out what she thought she was wrong, you know, being European, which is a good side, right? If you have your opinion, you voice out, which is quite... And Japanese. And not Japanese, right? So even if the international church, in that kind of having a Japanese aspect, of course, pastors uh, would not like that. So we, are, we felt slowly we are being pushed away. And, and also they are coming up with the reasons how to maybe um, uh, take us out from uh, that kind of position, uh, you know, push down, uh, push us down into maybe more controlling position and not controlling that, 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 that so that they can control us okay. into boxing. So in the process, we just didn't work out. And I finally said no to something that they suggested and, and that, Basically, they took us a disobedience. Wow. So by this time, we knew, okay, this has been coming really controlling. Uh, uh, and then within one month, uh, it was 2012, uh, we just got kicked out of the church. Uh, being, they called us basically being disobedient and not honoring a pastor. So that was maybe one of the hardest times in our life. Uh, we believed that we will stay in that 
church forever because it was quite exciting things. We, I felt personally that I was being used by God in uh, full sense. Wow. But after I, I, we got kind of kicked out, I personally realized that that was not the case with my wife. With my wife, have been, uh, she has been feeling that I've been almost brainwashed into that kind of strong vision and idea of the church. And, but she never said it until this happened because she tried to honor what I do or the honor of the church. Wow. Um, and I, it was kind of eye-opening moment. And I felt that if I continued in that world, I probably would destroy my marriage. Uh, wow. Yeah. That sounds, like a, that sounds like a very, very challenging experience that you went through. Uh, I'm sure having given so much and having served uh, so faithfully and having poured your life out, uh, it must have been very hard for it suddenly to end that way. I could imagine also there must be a huge amount of pressure in an environment like that where you kind of need to perform all the time. I guess one of the things that we see in our lives is that, you know, sometimes moments of great disappointment or great discouragement for us personally, where we feel like the end has come, actually can end up being moments where God really is uh, profoundly at work in us. So how did you see God at work in you during that time? And what are some of the, the good fruits or the things that he brought out of that time uh, for you? Yeah. Um, so it was devastating for us. Uh, the first, I think, especially the first six months um, in, in a Facebook, I, I suddenly I lost 300 friends. And wow. Basically, this church, uh, um, you know, members that uh, they knew me unfriended us. Wow. Right away. Uh, and all, that kind of things made us realize, okay, what was really wrong uh, about the church? <laughs> but also at the same time, I started reflecting on myself. Why didn't I see that? Um, you know, um, so it was the moment that I could finally probably, well, even maybe first time in my life as a Christian, uh, throughout the Christian world that could truly reflect on my own heart. Uh, and, and the first thing that I realized that I was, I felt nobody uh, leaving that world. And I quickly realized that, that my identity, my self-confidence and who I uh, I thought I am, was based based on what I do okay. for the church, what, based on what I do for God. And I, and I realized that was completely wrong, mm. completely not gospel, isn't it? And I felt I was, my identity that I've been creating was completely fake. Uh, I relied on what I do and I also in the world that I was in. So I really started kind of this began the process of, okay, where's my identity then? Right. You know, what does Bible say about who I am? Uh, and it began the journey of rediscovering myself in a, in a true, I think, the gospel message. Uh, in that journey, uh, I was, it was really God that, that I could connect with the city, city uh, leaders, uh, uh, he was the, basically in charge of um, City City Asia Pacific. He was a director or CEO. Uh, his name was Jay Kyle. Jay Kyle. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably all of us have had something to do with him, right? So anyway, he was the first person to meet uh, from the City City. And he, of course, started introduced me about the Center Church book, Tim Keller, 
Uh, I already knew Tim Keller. Uh, I was listening to his podcast, but more than ever before, I think something really started come. His message and preaching started sinking into my uh, heart uh, because I was ready to listen to uh, the gospel. Um, the one uh, message that really impacted me was this story with Jacob. Okay. Uh, the gospel according to Jacob, and in that story, the particularly this his life journey experience, which was kind of I could relate to him. And when I got baptized, uh, the scripture that I received was was to do with Jacob. Uh, it was Isaiah wow. fifty three or something like that. I 43. can't remember exactly. Yeah, for uh, uh, so it's saying about you know uh, all Jacob, <laughs> you know when you go through the water. Right. When you go through the fire, uh, you will not be drowned or you, you will not be burned. Uh, fire yeah. will not burn you. So I always didn't like that aspect of Jacob because Jacob seems to be not really so great character, right? Liar, <laughs> uh, running away from the, this family. And, uh, uh, you know, um, but somehow this, the, how Tim Keller described this his journey of discovering his identity right yes. he tried to fake his own identity tried to be someone else his older brother but finally he could discover himself in god but right. there was a wrestling process mm. with god so that was really resonating with my own life story i, I could see myself jake in me i was pretending i was performing basically lying to myself lying mm. to other people wow. that, that i wasn't um I thought I was somebody important, which I wasn't. And then I felt the same as Jacob. I could finally discover myself in, in, in the light of really in God's love. And that was struggling with me. So yeah, when I re rediscovered myself in Jesus, I could finally let go of all my, maybe expectation of my life or even the drive to perform. I could say finally in my life, on my first time I said to God, I don't have to be pastor anymore. Wow. I don't have to live this way. I can be just a normal person, businessman, still through that environment. I, I want to serve you, God. I could, from my bottom of my heart, I wow. could let go of all these things. And I was 35. In Japan, if you worked as a pastor for 10 years, it's very difficult to find a job. But I didn't really care. So that was huge relief uh, from my own prison or myself. Sounds amazing. But, um, it, it seemed, you know, I guess one of the things that happens as Christians is how over the years, our salvation becomes more and more real to us. God sanctifies us and grows us. And often there are milestones where I guess the truth of the gospel goes a lot deeper. And it seems like that whole experience actually really made your faith come alive in a far deeper way and understand who you really were in Jesus and yes. um, the reality of the gospel. The gospel. So it, it sounds like through a moment that was your biggest trial, I guess, or one of the biggest trials in your life, God brought the most freedom to you actually and brought a, a yeah. whole gospel freedom. Yes. Yes. So it's true. Repentance is freedom really. Uh, it's a, it's a good news that we get to repent, you know? Right. <laughs> so God led that, I think, to that moment of my life to, it, yeah. So if I look back, it's a huge gift in my life and that I could rediscover gospel in this way. It's amazing. So if you were to think about 
that sentence that you just mentioned about repentance um, is a gift, actually. How is that different from how you had viewed repentance previously in, in your Christian life? Yeah, um, of course, uh, you learn the concept of repentance uh, uh, in any Bible college. But I guess in a more charismatic world, repentance is something that you do when you failed in big time. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a more just action rather than lifestyle. So I think a huge difference that I used to think is repentance, something that you just have to do it occasionally or once in a while when you realize, right? That you really um, did something very bad. Uh, yeah, but then it's not even repentance because it's you're only for, sorry for yourself, right? And you just fear the consequences that come through the things that you did wrong. Um, so I didn't really understand what the repentance is. And so I had to relearn even that the repentance is a lifestyle. Uh, and repentance is decoupled with this, this concept of the faith. You know, repentance and the faith works together. It's, it's like a steps, an ongoing daily thing. It's, it's the lifestyle of admitting your own flaws and weakness, uh, brokenness, um, which I didn't realize. I didn't even... I think I was through performance. I was even rather trying to cover up my own weakness. Right. I, so, <laughs> yeah. So, in a, I would say my former experience of the Christian work was repentance or something was that to avoid or even right. scary <laughs> because it makes you face with your own weakness and brokenness. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess when at the bottom of our hearts, we're still trusting in our own righteousness, our own performance, our own goodness, then repentance is actually quite traumatic, right? Because we're, we're admitting we're actually not as good as we are pretending that we are. So that becomes very traumatic for us. But yeah, if we really believe the gospel, then we're free to repent, actually, because the gospel tells us God loves us. We're more sinful than we ever imagined. And in that state, Jesus loves us and has given himself for us. That must have been yeah. so so liberating for you, as I guess it is for all of us as we slowly and gradually learn um, how yeah. good the gospel is. So how did that change your view of God? Uh, how did that change your faith? And then I want to ask you as well, you know, uh, how that led you uh, from a ministry point of view too? Yeah, so um, I think really uh, how I view God changed in regards to maybe I start seeing God as more... Um, father uh, okay. rather than a boss or of course he's also lord <laughs> and king that yes. aspect is important and uh, i probably learned that already in my former church experience but uh, what i really started learning as really father who embraces me uh, uh, who's proud of me before i perform right and because of jesus you know the righteousness jesus's righteousness imputed in me already that that i'm already accepted a lot before i perform beautiful so that gave me a sense of freedom and the confidence um and even i fail i don't have to you know beat myself up uh, and and drive myself again with a, a performance driven focus so that's probably the biggest change that i learned to become a true son Mm. The child of God, uh, yeah, um, and and that reflected maybe also how I grow as a Christian. I used to think Christian growth or sanctification as more gaining more leadership and wisdom, uh, being independent of my 
own. Okay. You know, uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's like a typical idea as you grow as a child, you become a teenager and then you don't need the parents anymore. Okay. But it's not really true in the Christian sense, right? right. Because Jesus is mature, completely wise, but completely dependent on God, Beautiful. the Father. Uh, he, he asked everything. He, and he even said, without my Father, I cannot do anything. So it's almost like a reversed sense of Christ, uh, the, the growth, isn't it, from the world? So <laughs> I right. learned that way. It's, it's not that, that you become unwise uh, or anything, but I, I think a child says the complete reliance on God and rest in Father's arm. So I guess that's the first change that I started to walk towards. Uh, and and I, like you asked about ministry. So again, that naturally changes how you approach ministry. Uh, I think I had to really figure out, okay, how do I, I do differently? Uh, create a community, the, the cre- uh, create a community of people uh, who are honest. Yes. First of all, it will be the, the people that repentant, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that get the people that can see their own flaws without, you know, pretending or hiding or performing. So, yeah, slowly I think I started to see the, the approach to ministry differently. So tell us a little bit about uh, Double O Cross Church and when that was planted and yeah, what God's been doing in, in your church in the last number of years. Yeah, so in the beginning of Double O Cross Church, I still uh, struggling through this idea of the biggest change, right? I'm trying to compare with my former church, which yes. I liked some of the aspects. It was really driven, uh, very active, uh, evangelistic. People committed. Yeah, people committed. Um, uh, most of all, really strong on discipling and also evangelism. Uh, people co- constantly coming into you know contact with us. So I love that aspect, but mm. of course, lack the humility and the repentance and faith aspect of proper healthy sanctification process. So I was trying to have that both side in the double cross, but I didn't know how. Um, so I think City City came in uh, to help me figure out and um, work out in the gospel. So to be honest, I in maybe first few years, maybe first one or two years, I quite made a mistake. So I still kind of carried that kind of charismatic um, uh, idea of, okay, you know, doing the church. Um, so on halfway through, I think not halfway through, maybe after two years of my church planting. I basically had to say to all my my team members <laughs> and then say, I'm sorry, guys, I've been wrong. Wow. I admit, and I, all of us, I would like to go towards more gospel-centered way, which is this focusing on repentance and faith. Start from there. Um, so in that process, I lost probably half of my members. I'm sure that was really difficult, like in a Japanese context, for a leader to admit failure and to say that he's wrong. I mean, even that is is a huge kind of sign that the gospel is doing its work inside of you, right? Yes, yes. So it was one another big, big challenge for me, uh, and as some like that, that I was humble, as uh, became humbler, um, and I started approach more towards them. I think until then they were more like a, trying to use them for. The program of vision, you okay. know, but it, the, I think team dynamic became more relational, um, uh, not you know me as a boss, their boss, but more like a 
a partnership. Yes. Uh, sharing my own weakness as well as their weakness and trying to encourage you with one another. No one is better than, you know, uh, from each other. So, but some other people didn't like it because they felt less maybe leadership drive or less instructions, okay. clear instruction in that way. That's yeah, a very different um, leadership style. Yeah, and also, of course, theologically, they didn't like that I started to talk more about sin <laughs> and repentance. Uh, they just didn't want not to have that uh, because, again, the some of the charismatic aspect is, is that constantly good side, positive thinking, uh, always healing, always blessing. Uh, but, of course, gospel-centered way is, yes, of course, we believe in the blessing, but also, of course, when God does not, blesses you for a season or brings you suffering you know uh, how do you then live through that right through, uh, you know um using that moment to s- reflecting on my own weakness and then s- seeing god doing something my own heart uh, uh change yeah so i guess in that regard um so that was maybe first two to three years of double cross church um but then after that, I think Double Cross Church started establish really a core, strong team that has uh, the team that agrees in this gospel center culture. Then more, I think we started maybe have developed maybe uniqueness of our, our Double Cross Church. So we started to see our own maybe ourselves that what we really like we again team of people that who loves manga anime okay uh, can connect to the community of that town so we started attract a lot of uh, similar kind of hobby based people naturally uh, we started to accept those people who are really broken uh, and also creative so first uh, uh, i think years of the people that we had in the church like you know cosplay people yes. who dress like a little yeah. bit of an anime character right. which i mean they were some of them are christians but they've been being rejected by other churches <laughs> and then they could finally find a community that actually can get to be uh, be, be christian and at the same time accepted as with wow. their star so this kind of people coming in and giving their testimony so yeah more and more i think people started gather uh, in that way and started created what we are good at, I would say, as a church. The strength of our church um, sort of develop. Yeah, character, I would say, of our church. That's amazing. So uh, we don't have too much time left, but maybe tell me a little bit about preaching and how you would think about how your preaching's changed over the years as you've come to appreciate and understand the gospel in a richer way. Yeah, so uh, in, in regards to preaching, my goal before uh before i started this church was really to make people laugh or cry (laughs) so again more emotional um motivational aspect so i thought as long as i'm doing that i'm a i thought i'm a good preacher you know in the end of the sermon if people are crying then i thought yeah okay i reached my goal so even the, the how i interpret the scripture i was more more topical base i had my own idea or theme then i'm using all the scripture to match that theme <laughs> okay so that was my approach so i thought that 
as long as you, I'm using a Bible verses, I thought that I, I thought I, I'm being a biblical, right? But I was completely wrong. So obviously, it's changed into more expository uh, uh, rather than putting my own thing into the Bible. I learned to uh, started learning to um, and draw out uh, basically the the original intention of the author and a theme from their topic, then connect it into our own lives. Um, so that was the biggest change. Uh, but at the same time, I thought uh, what I learned as a practical sense of the, the maybe contextualization relating into our own culture and the people, I didn't want, want to lose that. Uh, so the Tim Keller's approach really uh, helped me yes. to do the proper expository, but still think about our, our context, uh, moving from the, the context of uh, the, the Bible uh, uh, without changing that, uh, applying into our own hearts and the culture. So yeah, uh, I'm still learning. That's a really hard task <laughs> in any preachers, I guess. So yeah, um, I would say that's the biggest change in the preaching, uh, yeah. in my own preaching style. Yeah, That sounds amazing. Um, maybe before we wrap up, just tell us one final thing. What is the best like fruit that you've seen in your ministry? So just maybe in the, in the lives of people or what do you love most about Double Cross? I've been there. I've worshipped with you. I've, I've um, preached at the church before. I love the community that you have there. What are the things that, that most encourage you as you've seen the gospel take root um, at Double Cross? Yeah. Um, I love my people that they are so maybe down to earth themselves. Okay. Uh, there's no pretense, uh, which I guess... I see this as a true gospel fruit, you know, yes. honesty, humility, uh, and a boldness to be themselves uh, um, in, the, in, the, in the grace. Um, so I love that factor that more than just, uh, you know, many people just being saved, uh, getting baptized. Right. Those, are, of course, of course, that's a very important goal. But what I experienced was those people, even in the former church, they get saved and, raise their hand in the congregation and in the service and they get baptized. But after one month, they leave. Right. But I start to see different fruit. Um, it takes longer time to convert, but it's more genuine, honest, and it's really walking the journey together. Um, so Beautiful. I love that uh, aspect of our church. Uh, yeah. So I get to make my own mistake <laughs> and they have a patience to, you know, walk a journey with me in that brokenness and um, as well as yeah I, 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 same with me i think towards the the journey in love the gospel community that's what i love about that's really really beautiful um Ruta, it's such a it's such a privilege to know you as a friend um like i mentioned earlier known you for many years and i think to see someone who yeah is smart um, has a passion for god but where that's mixed with such a huge sense of humility I mean, God has worked in your life in such an amazing way. He's used you in incredible ways. And even in this stage of your life, to be humble, to be seeking to learn and grow is something that really is the fruit of the gospel. So uh, I'm really grateful for your life and ministry, for the ministry of Double Cross Church, but also encouraged to see how God is using you in Japan to encourage uh, and strengthen and coach other um, pastors and church planters too. And I'll be praying for you and trust that our listeners will be praying for you, um, for your family, for Double Across, that 
uh, the, the work of the gospel in Japan will really continue to grow and spread through Double Across. So thanks so much for making time for talking with me today. Yeah, thank you, Simon, and uh, thank you for organizing this. And I know you share a quite similar journey uh, in your life, so I can really relate to you, you know, to you. And then I think there's there's a God, how to say, uh, God sent friendship. Uh, I feel uh, with you and uh, recent guys. So thank you so much for your love and support. That's right. Um, yeah, God has uh, taken many of us from backgrounds that were, you know, fairly charismatic and helped us to understand Him and His gospel in a deep and richer way. Uh, but I'm sure that story we can tell another time. Uh, thanks so much for being with me today. And uh, thanks to our listeners for listening. Look forward to um, seeing you again soon.